glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Trying to get hit, musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch I come to party, trying to get hit Musical loudest, nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch Obviously, this is the UFC 254 post-show live on Kicking with the King. Absolutely amazing storylines going into yesterday's fight. Everything was that went on, everything that happened. Obviously, we've seen Khabib's retirement, obviously, which was highly unexpected for a lot of people, as well as, obviously, um, the co-main event was great as well. I mean, Robert Whitaker looked absolutely outstanding. And championship level material is he an extra title shot we'll talk about all that and more ladies and gentlemen but some quick news to drop um the last episode that we did do that was on youtube this episode will be on youtube as well so we're actually going to be live as, and we're about to go live in about five seconds so in four three two one all right perfect we're live on instagram as well what's up guys we're live on instagram as well and g the king official on instagram g uh, what is it? I changed my Twitter last night. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I changed my Twitter last night. Um, what did I change it to, though? I, it's something similar to where it doesn't sound completely different than that last one, but let me just check it out. We'll continue. Good morning, I, uh, by the way. I probably woke up probably about less than an hour ago, probably about like 20 minutes ago. All right, G the King MMA on Twitter as well. G the King official on Instagram. What's up, guys? Let's start it all off at the top. Khabib's retirement, oh my god, that was so unexpected, then again, like, you know, a lot of people are talking about, like, oh, the 30-0 and thing, everyone's talking about him getting a 30-0, you know, I, in an ideal situation, that would have been the best thing for him, you know, 29-0 is, you know, it's good, like I said, but that's not what we were all thinking about, I'm not saying that that's, that's not warranted, and Khabib shouldn't walk away or anything like that, but just like, you know, at the end of the day, we thought maybe, like, you know, 30, you know, because, you know, a lot of these fighters, a lot of the times, you know, depending on who you are, or depending on your, your status, your GOAT status, or how good you've done in your careers, and, you know, this happens with people who retire all the time, like, they don't know when they retire, they don't know when enough is enough, but Khabib's the kind of guy that does know when enough is enough, I mean, considering the fact, some of the shit that he said about, you know, like, his mother not even wanting him to fight without his father, I'm like, dude, that's some deep stuff, and you know how much Khabib likes his father, so, you know, watching the promo, watching this post-fight interview, all that shit like that, you know, that was all 
you know, very like teary eyed. You can't tell me that you guys didn't get teary eyed. Don't tell me that you didn't get teary eyed because you know that shit was emotional. I mean, that was a you know crazy time. Um, obviously, like I said, we didn't know that's exactly what he was gonna do. You know, many thought. I mean, in my opinion, thought he was gonna carry on. Um, did I think he was gonna ret- retire though? No, I didn't. And I, I mean, maybe after thirty and O, like he wants to reach that thirty and O um, status and then retire forever. But dude, it was, it was a crazy thing, man. You know, like I said, I watched Fight Live. One of the better parts about it being in Abu Dhabi and having an earlier start time for us on the um, America's time that I was actually able to watch it because you know like usually later on and on Saturdays I do have to work out um, and do some have some things to do so you know overall I was just able to watch all the fights you know from the prelims and stuff like that but I started watching when the main card was on so I turned on the main card I watched the main card and you know Obviously, we get some really exciting fights and stuff like that. I mean, Cannonier Whitaker fight was excellent. You know, some people thought that should have been five rounds, man. That was a great fight. Both guys looked absolutely, you know, it was a back and forth fight. I mean, Cannonier started pulling on at certain parts of the, of the fight later on, a little too, little too late. But, you know, like I said, if that was five rounds, man, if these dudes fought ten times out of ten, you know, who knows who would have fucking won. So, it was absolutely insane. Phenomenal performance by Robert Whitaker. Um... Does it set him up for another shot at the title? Um, you know, obviously he's coming off of two wins, two wins back to back, and you know we haven't really seen Robert fight frequently throughout the years. You know, he's fought like once in two thousand eighteen, once in two thousand nineteen, and twice in twenty twenty. So why not make it three times? But he, um, he already openly said that he's not gonna fight. Obviously, he's gonna take time off, and you know, for the for the holidays with his family. You know, he's been through a lot. He's burnt out, and. And here we are now. So, 2021, Robert Whitaker, come back. Um, I don't really know who makes sense for him next. If it's not Israel. I mean, Israel did make some interesting comments a couple, what is it, like a couple weeks ago or something like that. A little bit under a couple weeks ago about if Cannoneer doesn't win, then he isn't really interested in a Robert Whitaker rematch because, you know, it almost looked one-sided in the first time they fought. So, they looked it looked one-sided. Um, honestly, if you really want to, you know, I'm, I'm kind of dancing around the fact, but I'm not too keen on seeing a rematch just yet for Robert Whitaker, even if Israel does choose to stay at the division. I know he's been talking about the John Jones fight. Those guys have been going back and forth. The rivalry, you know, really, really has been boiling. If you look at their last few interactions they had on social media, like probably like the last, uh, couple weeks and so you've seen all that nasty back and forth banter between John and Israel but um, another thing speaking of Israel moving up if it's not to fight John Jones his coach openly talked about him fighting Jan Bohovic at light heavyweight because there's really no contenders down in middleweight so I mean it, Israel Adesanya at 100 or not excuse me 205 pounds fighting for the title there Versus uh, Jan Bohovic, dude, that's an exciting fight, man. That'll be a true test for him too. And that'll be a true test to see if he can handle the power that Bohovic brings. You know, Bohovic brings some crazy ass power, man. He's he's very good. Israel's been fighting for a long time and, and kickboxing, and probably has twice as most experience as Jan. I mean, having a hundred plus fights is probably more than half the UFC roster. So, you know, I'm not saying that Israel wouldn't be competitive in that fight because there's really nothing that Jan does on the feet that's absolutely absolutely spectacular. I mean, people are going to say, oh, what about he knocked out Reyes and all that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but there's nothing that, like, stands out. Like, if it comes to 
the most beatable UFC champion. I, I'd have to say Jan Blahovic is same thing as DC said. I mean, he doesn't do anything that's like, oh my God, absolutely fantastic, like a Demetrius Johnson kind of guy or a GSP or a Khabib Nurmagomedov. No, he, he's winning and he's doing good. And maybe we need to see some more fights from him before we can really say that, oh, Jan's absolutely untouchable. I mean, all he has is the power. Everyone he's been knocking out left and right. But without the power, then what do you have? Does he have great submissions? His ground game, his grappling doesn't necessarily look the most solid from past previous fights. And you kind of mesh it together to kind of understand, like, you know, the fact that he doesn't have the best grappling. You look at the Patrick Cummings fight. Look at the Corey Anderson fight the first time. Fortunately for Jan, he came back and avenged both his losses to Jimmy Manoa and Corey Anderson in a, spe in a spectacular fashion. But um, fast forward to Israel. The Israel fight, it's an interesting fight. I mean, I, I never thought that I would think about that one. I thought that if Israel were to move up, he would move up to fight John Jones. But, you know, obviously we still got um, Till versus Hermanson. Um a potential middleweight contender. That's that's honestly a number one contender fight, depending on what they choose to do with Robert Whitaker. If they want Robert Whitaker to fight for the title again, they don't offer him that fight. If they offer the fight to Till versus the Hermanson winner, I mean, all signs point to Darren Till in my opinion because a lot of people have been talking about that fight, and a lot of people have been. Um, you know, thinking about it, even Israel himself said that even though after he came off of a loss, after Darren Till came off of a loss, excuse me, he was like, you know, I'd still love to fight one day. You know, that's a very tactical fight. You know, it's a it's a masterful chess-playing fight. And, I, and who, who wouldn't want to see that? So, you know, that's an interesting fight. You know, all signs point to Darren Till winning. Hopefully he does win. Jack Romanson's very tough. He's very good with submissions. He's probably better on the ground than Darren Till, in my opinion. More, a little bit more creative submissions, but all fights start on the feet, so we'll have to see what happens in that fight. It's a middleweight fight. Um, hopefully Israel doesn't move and we do get um, a number one contender fight out of the Till versus Hermanson fight. Maybe the Till versus Hermanson winner or loser fights Robert Whitaker. Um, if it doesn't make any sense, and arguably should be winner, winner of Till versus Hermanson fights Robert Whitaker, and then the winner of that fights for the title. And then if you think about it, for Rob, you know, I, I honestly behind the scenes, I really just thought that maybe three wins in a row for Robert Whitaker would would warrant a title shot rematch with Israel Adesanya. So it's kind of like a perfect scenario, right? So if you look at it, you got Till Hermanson, winner of that fights Rob. Robert fights them in twenty twenty one, and then. Mid-2021, you fight for the world title again, depending on who it is. Easy scenario, right? UFC, you should hire me for making this continuous matchmaking. That's what we do here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we begin, um, we are available. Everywhere you get your shows or podcasts, available on YouTube. Now, YouTube. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and all the major podcast providers, ladies and gentlemen. Um, also, you can visit the website directly at anchor.fm forward slash kwtkpod. And if you want to start your own podcast today, you can visit the website directly www.anchor.fm forward slash start to start your own podcast today. Or if you want to be fancy, pull out your phone. Everybody has a smartphone nowadays. iPhone, Android, does not matter. Anchor is the app for you. It's 100% free. Five stars in the Google Play Store. Positive ratings, man. I have not seen one negative rating about Anchor. So I'd suggest downloading it if you're into podcasts, if you have a huge following, if you are if you like to talk like I do and you like to 
recap sports, recap anything that's going on in politics, presidential debates, whatever the fuck you want to recap. It's up for you. There's over a million people podcasting worldwide, and why don't you add to the millions of people that are spreading their voice throughout the world. Not just America, the world, ladies and gentlemen. So one more time, anchor.fm forward slash... K-W-T-K-Bot. Sometimes I fucking forget that we're live. Like, we're at, we actually have, like, an audio edition of this. So, the audio edition is actually going to be pretty cool. But, uh, anyways, let me turn on the fan. It's getting fucking hot in here. So, going from the middleweight division, let's move along. Down. Back down to the 155-pound division. Let's talk a little bit more about Khabib. So Khabib just dominates every single opponent that he's fought. And, you know, it's kind of surreal to see him walk away, like we were saying earlier. But he did everything right, man. Like I said, he continued to dominate people. He didn't have any close fights or anything else like that. He, he did what he needed to do. I mean... No, there's this whole legendary status thing going on right now, and we're going to have a deep conversation like this. We're going to talk about John Jones and the recent comments that were just surfaced and talked about, um, and we're gonna give you, I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on it, because you guys know how much I love John Jones and the whole greatest of all time topic and everything else like that. So, um, all right, so Khabib comes in, smashes everybody that he needs to smash, you know, his quality wins, you know, his top-tier wins, you know, Connor Poirier. And uh, Michael Johnson, Justin Gaethje, you know, all four of those people have something in common. They've all fought each other. Connor fought Johnson. Connor fought Poirier. Connor didn't fight Justin Gaethje, but Gaethje fought Justin Poirier and Michael Johnson. So it's kind of crazy. A lot of those people have all fought each other. Um, but, okay, so this whole greatest of all time topic, this whole greatest of all time conversation is something that's boiling right now. If you go on over to Twitter, you know, it's everything that's MMA Junkies headlines. Oh, John Jones uh, fires back or whatever it is. You know, John Jones has won 15 world titles. John Jones has been on top since 2011. He won the world title at 23 years old in 2011 against one of the best the light heavyweights in the world at the time, one of the scariest dudes to fight for the title against at the time, in the form of Miso Shogun Hua, so John's been breaking world titles for years and years now. You know, um, people are talking about the greatest of all time, so that means in the cage. So, like, he's the greatest fighter that we've seen in the cage. I didn't know John Jones if he wasn't, if I wouldn't know of John Jones if he wasn't a fighter. You know, he's a fighter, not a... A good person, like I said. So people are all saying, oh, because he's had blemishes and had run-ins with the law. I mean, what he did with the pregnant lady. I mean, we're not going to sit here and list all the negative things that John Jones has done. But if you look at the skills, if you look at the skills, ladies and gentlemen, the skills are there. Everything he's done is there. I mean, he's broken records. He's beaten the brakes off of people who had twice the experience, three times the experience of him. And they were in their primes, arguably, still. John Jones just comes up and beats the fuck out of everyone. Beat the hell out of Machida. It almost gets armbarred by Vitor, but comes back and you know shows his championship heart. Beats him. Beats the fuck out of Chael Sonnen. Beats Alexander Gustafsson in a thrilling first fight. You know the win over Cormier. The second win over Cormier. The second win over Gustafsson. I mean the wins over Reyes and Santos were kind of, you know, obviously like a little, a little bit more 
closer and had a little bit more people nervous about him. But at the end of the day, gun to head, I say John Jones won both of those. So I'm not going to say I'm not sitting here writing John's coattails or nothing, but I'm listing facts quite simply. So John Don has um, won multiple world titles. He's been in a championship fight since 2011. Khabib made his UFC debut in 2012 and wasn't sniffing a title fight anytime soon. Not saying little do we know, obviously, that this guy would turn into a huge superstar, but... You know, just it just depends on what you see in these fighters. I mean, we we almost didn't we almost didn't get to enjoy Khabib too much because he was like, you know, for that he, you know, he he beat the fuck out of everybody up until you know he you know, the fight with Rafael dos Anjos, and then he was campaigning for a title shot. Didn't get a title shot for so long. If you remember, Khabib was always getting injured, and he was unreliable at the time, and a lot of people just. You know, thought of AKA as that gym where everyone's getting injured and stuff. DC is getting injured, Kane, Luke Rockhold, and Khabib Nurmagomedov. So it was like a constant chain. So we never really able to get consistency with Khabib. And um, you know, obviously after that, you know, he started training better, training smarter, and then then we get him constantly coming back and you know having fights back to back. And you know, he didn't really fight too much that often. Like he didn't fight like four times a year, like Cerrone or some shit like that. But he did fight. And he did look good. And any time he came back, he looked great. I mean, he's had some of the biggest, highest-selling pay-per-views of all time. I mean, the Connor, the Connor fight will forever be one of the biggest things that happened. And, you know, the brawl after that. I mean, the whole bus incident. Khabib's been a part of history. But going, um, I mean, everything he's done in his career has been absolutely iconic. And, eh, like, you know, there's a couple arguments to be made. You know, obviously the opponents that Khabib fought previously before UFC weren't as top tier as the fighters are in the UFC. So say Khabib starts his career in the UFC. Hence, if he started his career in the UFC, baby, I still think he was dominant. There was this video that actually um, surfaced of Khabib. I don't remember what page it was on on Instagram, but it recently just surfaced of Khabib pulling off the same exact armbar, triangle, whatever it is, on, as it did, that he just pulled on Justin Gaethje. And that was the, the fight that he pulled that off in was actually before, way before his UFC days. So it's kind of crazy seeing him uh, pull off an identical move. And for fuck's sakes, I never even knew his jiu-jitsu was that good. I mean, did you see those positions? It's like, you know, the fight starts. We're, we're going to get back to John Jones in a second, I promise. And we'll talk about that in the next coming thing. But I just really want to talk about this. But did you see, like, it was kind of nerve-wracking on the feet. Khabib would throw a couple wild swinging shots that were nowhere near landing. He landed a couple really good ones, you know, good jabs. And, you know, his striking looked good. His shadow boxing earlier on before the fight looked good. And his striking, you know, you know, he looked good in there. But he looked kind of, ooh, it was kind of nerve-wracking. It was kind of dangerous. Had me kind of cringy. Like, oh, no, what if he gets caught or something crazy like that? Because it honestly didn't look like it was him on the feet at first. Then, like, it, you know, he starts to ease in. And then he first, that first takedown, you know, it was kind of, a wild takedown, and, you know, he got, he was able to get Justin down, but then he seemed like when he gets him down, dude, he slipped through him easily like butter, it wasn't any, any, um, wind up, he just did it so easily, so Justin Gaethje may have had the fight competitive on the feet, but when Khabib got him down, it, it, 
wasn't even competitive. It, it was one-sided. It looked like he never even practiced a day of jiu-jitsu in his life. If you're Justin Gaethje, and I know he has, but that's the thing about Khabib. He makes these guys look like they don't belong in there, and he did it once again to Justin. Hence, if that fight would have been on the feet, Justin probably would have had a way better chance. Nine times out of ten, I'm betting 50-50 both times for each guy because you never know what the fuck's going to happen in a kickboxing fight. But he looks absolutely amazing. He looks absolutely stunning. And Khabib did what he needed to do. And, you know, like I said, he's, he retires at 29-0. and 0. He retires at 29-0. and 0 And, you know... It's unfortunate that we don't get the Tony Ferguson fight, and you know, many as many times as that fight has fallen through and shit like that. Um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that we don't, as fight fans, as analysts, as followers of the sport, we don't get that fight, and that's a fight that you know would have been so exciting. <sighs> but now, if someone put a gun to my head right now, and you know, based off how Tony looked in the Justin fight, even though that fight did take place on the feet and. Tony did get busted up on the feet. I think that Tony gets taken down too easily anyway. So if you look at how easily he gets taken down, I mean, Kevin Lee took him down with ease. So what's to stop Khabib from taking him down? And I think Khabib would have easily taken Tony down and easily smashed him. You know, that's what I said. He's essentially was, was protected by Khabib. And I'm openly going to say that here on the show. Tony was protected from Khabib. You know, for sure he would have made Khabib bleed blood. But at the end of the day, Tony would have probably been one of those fights that, like, you know, oh, Khabib was truly tested. So you want to talk about the Michael Johnson fight when Khabib got caught that one time. He's trying to sit there and stand with Michael, and then he goes and takes him down and smashes him. You know, like, these guys may be good on the feet, but if I get you down, I'm fucking smashing you. Your head's going to get smashed in. So not going to lie, I did get quite nervous with Justin and Khabib on the feet and stuff. But once Khabib got him down, and I see how easily he took him down and was able to control him and switch positions and, you know, have his way with him. You know, the armbar attempt, and then he switched to the triangle. I mean, a absolute phenomenal jiu-jitsu by Khabib. So like I said, fast forward, Khabib's 29-0. He retires, he rides up to the win. Now, like I said, let's go back to what we were talking earlier about the whole greatest of all time conversation because like I said in reality John Jones had 15 world titles he's been in world titles since 2011 youngest ever UFC champion to ever do it still to this day and he's looked absolutely amazing doing it as well and you know the last two fights eh, were a little closer but you can arguably say that John wasn't necessarily as motivated for them as he has been in the past and as motivated as he's going to be for his heavyweight return so in reality the records are set the records are there John Jones is touted as the greatest pound for pound fighter of all time, I mean, I don't know why they took him out of that. I mean, for the longest time, John's been in that discussion, and I don't know necessarily if it's just the fact that his last two fights have been close, or he's vacated his belt, or any something. I don't. Who who knows what the fuck these guys are on? No, who knows like what what people like why people are thinking the way they're thinking about these guys, or why the pound for pound list has changed, and who is it um, for them to people to decide that who the pound-for-pound pound fighter is on the planet. I mean, maybe the hard... I mean, there should be a list, and if someone doesn't do it, then no one will. But there's just, like, a list, like, you know, that's why people have their own opinion. It's a p opinion. Is, is that opinion, like, to put Khabib as the top pound-for-pound? Pound? Like, it's arguable that John and Khabib, you know, I'd say John, at the end of the day, number one is John, number two is Khabib, you know. I can't really argue that because of how long John has been in the mix and you know he's been through generations of generations of fighters Khabib fought 
more than half of his fights outside the UFC and other organizations. Not a Bellator, not like a one championship, not a like not like another a B class organization. Not no disrespect to Bellator. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying UFC is a top brand. So any of the you know second best organizations, all respects um, to them once again. But, you know, he was fighting in Russia. He, he wasn't really fighting the top-tier guys. I'm not saying that. I'm not taking away his wins. I mean, 28, 29 people tried, 29 people failed. But John's been, like, has multiple opponents. I mean, he's fought different tiers of the sport. Fought people with only one way to win. Fought people who weren't even competitive in the fight. I mean, the Machida fight, the Rampage fight. Rampage fight wasn't even competitive. Rashad fight wasn't even competitive. John's beating the fuck out of everybody when they were in their absolute primes, and he survived through generations and generations and generations. So, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen, I think you guys should uh, get the gist on who the pound for pound fighter is, and should uh, rethink everything you're saying because John Jones is at the top, man. I have to, I have to say, John Jones is at the top because everything he's done and the tears he survived and everything he's done and every uh, how amazing he's looked. It, we're, we're not here to talk about what he's done outside the cage, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not sitting here saying he's a pound for pound, for pound best person on the planet. I'm not here. With, I wouldn't even know about John Jones if it wasn't for the fighting. I'm here for the fighting. I'm not here for the backgrounds. I'm not here for, ooh, what you've done in the past. Or, no, I'm here to talk about facts. Are those not facts? Does he not have 15 world titles? Does he Is he not the youngest champion in UFC history? Did he not win the belt at, 20, at 23 years of age? Youngest champion in UFC history. Looked absolute, looks, I'm having so much stuttering right now. Looked absolutely amazing. Mouth to dry, that's why. I need some water. Is there any water over here? I hear it is right in front of me. But yeah, the stats are there. Now, Khabib is on the list. You know, put Khabib at number two. That's a solid number two spot because, you know, like I said, Khabib hasn't been fighting in the UFC as long as John. So, the experience is there, man. The experience is there. And um, that's all that matters for that. So, um, what do we got? What else we got? We're, we're moving along, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, who, who else got some good wins? Let's see. Let me pull this shit up. Ooh, unexpected one. Um, so moving up from light heavyweight to the heavyweight division, we had a fan favorite heavyweight matchup between Walt Harris and Alexander Drago Volkov. Man, I, I was expecting a, you know, like I said, for for Volkov, he's very very technical. He's a very technical guy. Very, very long. I didn't realize how tall he was, dude. I mean, I've seen him fight. I mean, I've seen the fights with Derek Lewis, the fight with Fabricio Verdum and all that. But, dude, he's fucking tall and rangy and lengthy, dude. So, like, damn. And him going up against a powerhouse like Walt Harris. Walt Harris is very good, man. He has those blitzes and those scary moments where he could potentially finish you at any given time. I mean, look at the Overeem fight. He unfortunately didn't win that fight, but... um. He had his moments, and he's one of those dangerous guys that you make up one mistake, he's going to knock you out. But um, unfortunately for Walt Harris, front kick to the body spells the end for one Walt Harris. Alexander Drago Volkov is back in the win column. If I'm not mistaken, he has a loss against Curtis Blades in his recent fight. But he's a former world champion over in Bellator as well. So, I mean, um, it's not like he's 
shy of championship level fights. I mean, whatever's going on with Stipe right now. I mean, I think that, you know, the Derek Lewis fight for Volkov was obviously nine times out of ten. I'd say that Volkov wins that fight. He's long, he's rangy, he has great boxing. He's great jab, great punch. You know, he's, he's overall solid, man. He's he's a fun guy. He's a big guy. He's a hard guy to keep down. And, you know, like I said, he's one of those guys that, you know, has future champion-like uh, material. You know, he's a really uh, really fun guy to watch fight, for sure. I mean, I like the beard. Keep the beard. He kind of looks like, yeah, I just like him. He looks like a, a big superhero. And you see the fucking uh, ta back tattoo on him. It's absolutely sick, dude. I love it. So, the heavyweight division is wide, uh, not necessarily wide open, but, you know, you got Francis Ngannou at the top, you got champion Stipe, and we don't know what's going on with that. But that's the, seems to be the next thing in the wings. I mean, Francis has earned it. Curtis Blades in the mix. <coughs> Just having a win over Volkov, so we can slow the title talks down right now, and then we could, you know, he's right underneath it. I mean, I don't know who we should fight next. I mean, talk about Dos Santos, someone in the top five, a really good fight. He said a really big fight, so give him a big fight. Um, Junior Dos Santos fight. I mean, I I would be fine with that. I mean, he's coming off the loss to Curtis Blades by TKO. But could I say that Volkov's a little less dangerous on the feet? Uh, not necessarily, but I don't know. It means it seems like it's a little bit safer of a fight for Junior. Not saying that Junior can't avoid or you know is avoiding hard fights or anything like that. Just like damn, like either um, like I don't know. I don't know necessarily if he's still there at the top of the level when it comes to these really good guys. I mean, because he's, he's getting finished by these guys and. You know, he's competitive still. He's just getting caught real clean and stuff. And, you know, after getting knocked out so many times after so long. And, you know, like I said, those cane fights really took a huge beating on him. So, I mean, I don't know uh, much how much he has necessarily left when it comes to these top-tier heavyweights. Or if he should be fighting these top-tier heavyweights. But Alexander Volkov's a good matchup. I think that's a really good one as well. Um, and staying in the heavyweight division, tied to Ivasa de defeated uh, Stefan Struve in amazing fashion, you know, snapping a three-fight winning streak, or losing streak, excuse me. And, you know, here we go, Stefan Struve with another loss. I mean, damn. For I mean, he's not nearly, he's not even 35 yet. Isn't he, like, 31 or 32 or some shit like that? Like, it's, it's crazy, dude. Like, he, you know, he, he looks like absolute shit, man. He seems like he's, like, absolutely tall, rangy, Longest reach outside of John Jones, and you know he just you know has great submissions and shit like that. But has the game passed him by? I'm not gonna sit there and say that, but dude, he just looks like he doesn't want to be in there when he fights. So I mean, he is competitive. He does train hard. I'm pretty sure, but you know when it comes to putting the pen to the paper and fighting inside the cage, he doesn't look necessarily as good. I mean, as as of late, I mean, he's had some really huge quality wins. I mean, he holds a win like I said over the current heavyweight champion Sipe Miocic, but you know, he obviously, like I said, hasn't really shown up in his last few fights. So, I don't know necessarily what's next for Struve, but for Taito Ibasa, that's a really big win and very exciting, you know, for him. He's a, obviously very very entertaining. Never in my life would I ever participate in a shoey, though. Let that be known.
but yeah, anyways. What do we got coming up next? What's the next fight card? Because we can make some fight picks. You know I didn't make any fight picks for this fight card, the Khabib versus Gaethje fight. I, I had the winners in my mind, and I bet in my head and stuff like that. But I never, like, actually put a pen to paper on there, speaking of pen to paper. Okay, so UFC Fight Night 181, headlined by... Uriah Hall taking on the former UFC middleweight champion Anderson the Spider Silva, which will be Anderson's last fight, according to him. Um, oh, on top of that, man, we got Bob Green versus Tiago Moises, Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy, Kevin Holland versus Mahmoud Muradov, Andre Feely versus Bryce Mitchell. Excellent, fun fight. And the main event, we got Uriah Hall versus Anderson the Spider Silva. Oh. Oh, ooh, exciting. I'm fucking excited. That's a great fight. A little bit of a... Is that a dangerous... Is, is it me or is it just like a dangerous fight for Anderson Silva? I mean, I don't know. After seeing him lose to Jared Cannonier, not necessarily the way he... I mean, the way he lost. Yeah, the injury with the leg. I mean, I don't know if that was the same leg that he broke in the Chris Weidman fight. But is that, is that going to be like a reoccurring thing? Because, I mean, Uriah Hall's nasty. He's vicious, man. And he, he'll be, obviously, smart. He'll be tar t targeting that shit. T -t 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 targeting. Sound like a DJ. T -t targeting. Tar -t -t targeting. He'll be targeting that. And I'm pretty sure that's not going to be something. It's going to be something that's not on his mind. Like, it's going to be something that's on his mind. It's not going to go past him. Anderson Silva, I mean, former middleweight champion. You know, one of the greatest fighters of all time at middleweight. I mean, until someone does what he's done. It's been unmatched, so if you want to say who's better out of Israel and Anderson, man, they respectively were good in different times. Anderson was great in his time. Israel wasn't even in the UFC. Israel's doing absolutely amazing. Anderson's kind of at the end of his career. This Essentially, at the end of his career, because this is his last fight, he has said. And it's against a very dangerous guy, and Uriah Hall, originally, who was one of those guys who kind of came off the Ultimate Fighter, that had a lot of hype behind him. Well, a lot of hype going into the Ultimate Fighter, and then you know the spinning heel kick that he had over Adam Sella was it Adam Sella? Yeah, and then you know everybody had huge expectations for him in the UFC, and he would show up, he would lose, and you know get finished or just lose decisions and not look competitive in the fact. Um, but you know he's you know slowly but surely starting to come into his own. I mean I think he's you know taking a little bit longer to put it all together as a fighter, you know, really realize his true potential, and, you know, this is a huge breakout fight, and one of those, like, superhero, like, anime kind of, like, vibe fights when it comes to Anderson versus Uriah Hall. I mean, Anderson versus Israel was a fun super fight, because it was essentially, like, the old era versus the new era, so you look at it, Anderson Silva fighting Uriah Hall-like figure, Uriah Hall likes anime, he's into comics and stuff like that, and superhero stuff, and, you know, martial arts, like the true, embraces the true nature of martial arts, so he's a legitimately true martial artist, he's very good, he's very nasty, very devastating, a lot of power in his kicks and punches, and, you know, he's a dangerous, devastating kind of guy, man, he's, a, he's definitely looking for the finish in this fight, so Anderson Silva, like I said, I mean, I, I don't know, man. It's just like his last few fights. He, you know, he hasn't looked untouchable, but he, he's looked out relatively competitive. But I don't know what what he can. Anderson Silva, what he can do, you know, if he turns up the pace, you know, walks Uriah Hall down and doesn't let him get comfortable. I mean, if he um goes back to his ways where you know he started, you know, he was taunting everybody. 
And I don't know how successful that is now. And if you do that nowadays, you get caught and you get knocked out and stuff. But, you know, just I'm, I'm curious to see how he does in this fight. Because, you know, this is his last fight. Um, we have been watching him fight for a long time. And UFC is just putting emotional, emotional fight fights back to back to back. And if you get what I mean, it's like that Khabib shit when they had that promotion about how, or not the promotion, but that segment on his father passing and all that. You're getting people teary-eyed at UFC, so you're Anderson Silva, you know, is going to be a little bit emotional after his next fight, and, you know, it's warranted. I mean, he's had a long, illustrious career. He's fought for the longest time, former middleweight champion, um, former, obviously, you know, fought at light heavyweight, looked absolutely good standing there, fought, over um in pride as well and you know cage warriors and you know he's lived absolutely amazing throughout his entire career i mean at one point in time anderson was untouchable we like those kind of guys so you know what i mean by that you know what anderson was able to do back in his time you know it's like that whole untouchable vibe he had that untouchable vibe same thing jose aldo had same thing max holloway had same thing khabib and Gomeda had you know that whole untouchable vibe like you're not gonna touch me i'm too damn good who's gonna beat this kind of guy that's the kind of vibe he had right and you know that's what we are getting nowadays with israel like you know with the john joneses of the world the steve amiochis of the world the khabibs of the world so we're getting all these guys who are untouchable but in different generations eventually someone touches you eventually someone takes that O away but if you retire like a guy like khabib and stuff like that then your O didn't get touched. A guy like Floyd Mayweather, your old your O didn't get touched. Ryan Garcia, O hasn't O hasn't got touched. That's boxing, of course, but you get what I mean. Um But yeah, I mean Anderson Silva did what he did in his time. Israel's doing what he's doing in his time and you know, like I said, the generations will continuously continue to pass by. And, you know, we get all these great fighters. We get fighters that are on the come up. Fighters who have been fighting for a while, but, you know, we never really realized how good they are. Now they're making their championship run or debuting in the top 15 or doing some things we never heard or having rejuvenations and stuff like that. We've seen it happen, man. I mean, Jeremy Stevens was one of those guys, you know, who's been fighting for forever, 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 forever. And still, you know, obviously relatively looks good, but, you know, he's a losing head, did lose his last fight. But he's, I mean, point being is, like, he's one of those people that it still is very competitive and highly competitive in this new era. That's what I said, going back to John Jones real quick, That will, that's what makes John Jones special because of the fact that he um, has fought through multiple eras of the sport and looked relatively good doing it. You know, pretty damn good and pretty damn dominant as well. So, um, I don't know necessarily if I'm going to do fight picks for this one. Should I? I mean, fuck, we just literally said we were going to do it, so pull out that Verdict MMA, ladies and gentlemen. Follow me on Verdict, by the way. G the King MMA um, Verdict. So, we're, we're going to start it off at lightweight, Bobby Green versus Tiago Moises. I'm going to go with Bobby Green, unanimous decision for Bobby Green. Maurice Green versus Greg Hardy. Uh, I'm going to go with Greg Hardy. Win, winner by unanimous decision. I don't know. Maurice Green is really good. Kevin Holland versus Marab Baradov. Kevin Holland. Ooh, I'm going to bet on Kevin Holland. 
I'm gonna go with Kevin Holland. I mean, I don't know. I'm not solidly uh, set on these fight picks. Then again, it's like I'm not really that excited for it. Andre Philly, Andre Philly versus Bryce Mitchell. I'm going with Bryce Mitchell all the way, baby. Round two submission for Bryce Mitchell. Fuck Andre Philly. No one likes you. I'm just kidding. I mean, he's just annoying, bro. He acts like a little kid sometimes. He has a, like that. Has a little kid vibe. I ain't fucking with that shit. All right, in the main event, here we go. Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. I picked Uriah Hall TKO round three. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Uh, look at that shit, motherfuckers. And for anybody that doesn't know, anybody that can't see, because there is audio edition of this podcast, I'm showing you guys my official fight pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. I, I picked it. That's what we picked. Okay. That's it. That's it for the fight picks as well. But what's next? What do we got? We got a lot of stuff. We got a lot of stuff on the show. Oh my god! Look at the titties. This man, this is what pops up on my fucking feed sometimes, dude. Come on, man. That's fucking shit's hilarious. So in the caption, all right, the girl, so that girl I just showed you, Queen Patrona, says she says all I want is. So technically, it says eggplant. You get what she means, bro. All I want is eggplant. No strings. You can't tie me. And someone's like, at least you like vegetables. And she's like, love them. Eat them. I'll eat all my vegetables. Damn, those tits are so fucking huge, though, dude. Damn, she's good. She's fucking hot looking. Like, I see why, like, certain people, like, have fucking kids and stuff like that. Because, like, some people just... Find them so fucking, find women so damn attractive that, you know, when, when when you fuck or something like that, dude, you tend to lose, like, your train of thought, right? Really off topic. I know we're in May show. We're sitting here fucking talking about this, dude. It's so fucking funny, but, um, it's like, dude, you lose your train of thought, dude, and then you forget what you're doing sometimes, and some people are just stupid and don't wear protection or something like that, and you just nut inside the girl. And then you have to deal with her for the rest of your life as long as that baby's, until that baby's 18 years old. Or then you got to take care of the baby after that and stuff like that. I, I can't tell you guys how many fucking people have come to me with their bullshit problems and talked about their relationships or given their stories on, you know, what happened and, and what uh, what's went down and shit like that. You know, no, basically they told me their life story and stuff like that. And you know how many troubled baby mamas there are out there. It's, it's insane, man. You just think like... Why don't you think about the fact that, like, when, this is the biggest question I have for people to do this. And, you know, I know people are going to get mad and, oh, you know, some people don't have any choice. And you do have a choice. Okay, so, okay, so one of the biggest things I've always thought of, like, dude, if you're fucking or having, sorry, whatever you want to say, having sex, fucking, whatever you, whatever it is you, you guys call it. So if you guys are going to be doing that, why don't you think about the fact that, like, they can potentially get pregnant? Like, you got to wear a condom. Be safe. I don't know, they are knowing to put on, and they're a nuisance and stuff, but, you know, in, in reality, it's like, why don't you guys, like, prepare, like, don't be surprised when you end up pregnant, especially if you're fucking all the time, right, does that does not make any sense, especially, like, I don't know, just, like, people don't use sense, though, they sit there and like to play the victim card, sometimes it's, you know, some people, unfortunately, like, oh, this is going to get so... I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. Let's just change it. Let's just change the topic. It's going to go into something completely else. But anyways, guys, let's get back to what we're talking about. 
Like I said, let, let's get back to the first thing we're talking about. So, like, yeah, certain, sometimes, you know, as I, like, I realize, like, and I see that, oh, my God, there's sometimes there's just some chicks there that, that just be such a nice little, like, fuck or something that you don't even want to think about pulling out because it seems like their pussy's heaven or something like that. And that's what a lot of people think. And when you're in the moments and stuff like that, you're seriously not thinking the same way. So it's like you make a huge-ass mistake and then, boom, you had to deal with that bitch for the rest of your life, man. That's the fucking worst part. I don't have any kids, so I didn't say you're making this mistake, and I'm not sitting here trying to tell you guys to learn from my mistakes or something like that. Hell no, I've, I've never made that mistake. You know, I do not trust any of these girls nowadays. A lot of these girls are, well, just in general, like girls that look like that and, you know, very hot girls that are um, definitely putting in, uh, what is it called? Um, like inviting people like that in especially if you post explicit pictures of yourself if you're um posing those model pictures and you know looking very you know like you know what i mean like right like the girls like they're showing a lot of titties and stuff or you know very like standing up like this kind of I try to do a little like sexy stance, like they're 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 openly letting you know to look over at their ass, not at their face, their ass specifically. So you know, like there's a lot of motherfuckers and girls that do that, like, oh look at my ass, but instead like be like look at my ass, but like who wants to go on a date with me or something, and they're openly like they're they're showing their ass like oh my god this is so sexy, yeah yeah let me bend over for you. <laughs> no, literally, that's what it's like. It's like they're, they'll talk about something completely else, but then you'll be just distracted by their ass that you don't want to read the caption. Some people do read the captions and shit like that. It just depends on who you are, man. So, like I said, the, um, oh, let me put this shit. So, it's, it's just so weird, man, because, like, yeah, like, sometimes they'll get, they'll get mad and stuff that people are looking at their titties or trying to slide in their DMs, but yet they're posting, like, um, sexually inviting pictures. Not saying that you should sexualize and a girl shouldn't feel comfortable in her own skin posting pictures like that, but when you have sexually enticing captions like that, or, you know, there was one I seen earlier or something before we started the show was, um, where would you take me or something on a date? And she looks all cute and hot and stuff. And I was thinking of just like, you know, I was reading the comments and shit and I was like, and all these people probably just like, you know, I can't imagine her DMs. That's like why I don't really like fuck with all those crazy ass fucking girls. Like, you know, you know I, I don't want to categorize, but, you know, those girls are looking for attention, basically. Like, you know, they're super pretty, super attractive. They wear makeup. They have a good body. And, you know, just know you got to know that there's people sliding into the DMs. I'm not saying it's, there's no insecurities here or anything like that. Or I can, I could very well be one of those people sliding in. I'm guilty of doing that in the past. Not doing it now. I'm, I, I, I stay away from all that stuff. Faithful, you know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? Um, but, you know, you got to be, like, you got to imagine, though. Like, that's what I say. Like, some of these people is be talking to everybody or talking to whomever. And I don't really like those kinds of people that sit and talk. Like, oh, I talk to a lot of people. Or, you know, you know, people that are fucking going crazy for you and have the intentions of probably fucking you. So, I'm good off people that are wanted by a bunch of people like that so like i said i like to stick out i choose my women wisely and stuff like that and you don't really have to worry about any of that shit so <laughs> how much are we nearing 45 minutes oh yeah we just barely hit 45 minutes 45 minutes and 30 seconds um 
we're going to go for 15 more minutes, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode. Like I said, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to this episode of Kicking It With The King. Live on Instagram, live everywhere else, everywhere else you get your shows. We will put the show on YouTube, too, so you'll get to enjoy this. Obviously, everything UFC 254 recap, as well as my rants on women towards the end of the podcast, right? I mean, is it, is it not true, though? Like, you get all these super attractive girls, and, you know, you gotta imagine what it's like. I mean, if you look at the day and age, we're in the social media stage. Every girl, every model has an OnlyFans, or an Instagram, or a Snapchat, or a Facebook account. And we're living in the day and age of social media. So it's like, you meet a person, you don't just get their number. It's nowadays that I can completely change. Like, dude, back in the day when we were kids, it's like, oh, can I get your number? And I call you from the house phone and stand outside with the sliding glass door slightly closed so not everybody heard me. Or have the little Nokia phones. Man, those weren't even the shit. They were the shit, but, like, thinking about it now, it's like, dude, that's that shit's completely gone. No kid, none of these new generation people know what that's like to be what it's like in the 90s and stuff like that. So, like, uh... What is it? You know, we would get numbers back in the day, but nowadays it's like, oh, hey, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, you're not going to say this, but you want to call me sometime. No. Oh, do you want my Snapchat? Do you want my Instagram? Oh, oh, okay. Get my Instagram. Get my Snapchat. Oh, okay. Not your number? All right. Oh, no, I don't really text too much. Okay, cool. I don't really, I, mean, I don't talk on the phone too much either. So, can I get your Snapchat? And that's what people generally say now, right? How many people have you guys asked for snaps? Like, you know, you've gotten snaps or you try to, you know, you know, you talk to somebody and you get their snap or their Twitter or something like that, or you follow them on all three. But, you know, sometimes, occasionally, you only get, like, the number or Snapchat and everything. But in reality, it's like, I just want to talk to the person. So, I mean, it's cool to be able to follow them and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be talking to whoever it is and stuff like that. I'm just saying, like, a lot of the things have changed. So, like I said, so when it comes to these girls and all these people trying to talk to them, they're only talking to you because your body looks good. Point being, that is dropped some serious knowledge. Ladies out there, you're posting all these attractive pictures of yourself, showing skin, showing cleavage, showing your off your ass, showing yourself off in a bathing suit, just know that 95% of those people that are in your comments that aren't women, that are, well, maybe that are women, you know, some women are gay, some women are into women, but 99%, of, 90% of those dudes, 90, this goes for the guys, I don't know, honestly, am I, am I being sexist by saying the girls don't want to fuck you either? Like, there could be girls out there that want to fuck you as well, right? <laughs> are we going to get kicked off? No, we could be nasty, we could, say anything bad we, we can't get kicked off instagram for saying this right um but yeah i mean more so if you have to say there's guys out there that want to fuck you more than anything if you look at the comment section or you know i'll read the comments and be like oh damn mommy you look good oh beautiful oh hermosa oh beautiful oh oh hey baby or hit me up or come hang out or some stupid shit like that like basic thirsty dudes that will never touch that piece of ass in their entire life but then it's like dude i bet if you like those dms i mean you get messages from random dudes i mean if you just look at them you can just tell like dude these probably these dudes probably just want to fuck i mean does anybody want to be there with you because your personality is that even a thing be like oh baby i want to be with you because you have such a good personality not because of 
anything else. Not because you're showing off that obviously large booty of yours in that picture or that large booty of yours in person. Like, I'm not, I want to be with you because of your personality. Let me be with you because of your personality. No. Who the fuck even says that? I say that. That's that's the way I look at it, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a visual guy too, but when you got a personality and visual, visuals as well and good looks as well, that's a plus to me. At the end of the day, I, I go for people with great personality. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to go for, this is going to sound so funny right now. I'm not going to date someone if they're fucking ugly. I mean, if they have a good personality, that's a plus. And if you have a good personality, but you're not that attractive, I might be your friend. But I'm not going to be like, you know, that's not necessarily what I look for. It just depends on what you look for. Like I said, I'm not just saying ugly. Ugly is, everybody has their ugly people that they don't like or people they're just not into. They don't excite them or anything like that. So I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm saying it's like, I'm just not going to be with someone that I'm not attracted to. If you have a good personality, we'll vibe and maybe we'll talk and have the good time and shit like that and by the way you see my iron man pictures if you guys could see what's in front of me before that you understand like there's so much more than this dull ass background in the background the background of me so let's flip the camera real quick look look at all this look at all this look 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 this is everything that's on front if we can get this behind me that'd be cool but anyways like i said yeah just just depends on what you look for I mean, I know what I look for, and, you know, it's the personalities and everything else, a lot of stuff, but anyways, guys, we're enough talking about relationships, uh, we're at 15 minutes, but I don't think we have anything else left, let's do some plugs before we get out of here, ladies and gentlemen, it's good to be back here on this episode, episode 298, obviously it's good to be live again on Instagram, like I said, follow us on Twitter, at KWTKPod, as well as Instagram at KWTKPod, G the King MMA on Twitter, and G the King Official on Instagram as well. Anchor.fm forward slash KWTKPod to listen to all the latest shows. Like, share, rate, review. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, everywhere else you get your shows. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be doing more YouTube shows. So get used to it, bitches. We're going to be here. You're going to be seeing this face all the fucking time. So get used to it. On top of that, I can't wait to see you guys again. It's good to be here. It's good to be back. Like I said, this is Gabriel Hernandez signing off. G the King Official on Instagram. G the King MMA as well. And like I said, follow our show. Like our show. Like, share, rate, review, follow, like, and engage. Ladies and gentlemen, be engaging. I like this shit. I like it. I like the community. I like everybody out there. You know, it's cool to be able to reach out and finally do video and audio podcasts and stuff, which is very excellent and very great. And I'm excited to be able to share my time, whether it's an hour or less each and every time, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll be back sooner rather than later. This is Gabriel Hernandez signing off, ladies and gentlemen, episode 298 on the books. It's one more time before we get out of here. It's October 25th. Happy Halloween. I don't know if we'll be back before Halloween. If, you, if, if not, happy Halloween. If before that, we'll have a Halloween pre-show or something crazy like that. But anyways, guys, let's get out of here. Bye, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Join us for the next episode of Kicking It With The King in the near future. It is good to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at KWTKPod. G The King Official, G The King MMA on Instagram or Twitter. Plugs, plugs, plugs. We got to do them, ladies and gentlemen. We're out of here. Bye, folks.